guys, welcome back to the Arcane Dames podcast. My name is Mel. My name is Alyssa. And we are your hosts with the most. You're so right. We're seeing Taylor Swift together in two days. Ah! Two days. We will have already seen Taylor Swift by the time this episode comes out. That's so true. Other things that will be happening by the time this episode comes out is that it will be the same day as our relationship reading tarot workshop, which we're both super excited about. And I think you guys are too. Yeah. It's going to be sexy. It's going to be slutty. It's going to be sweet. (laughs) It's going to be everything you've imagined it to be. (laughs) Like, doing relationship readings in tarot is such a pinnacle of tarot reading, not just because everybody and their mother wants a love life reading, which is true, um, (laughs) but also because relationships are what life is all about. So whether you're reading for a love relationship, a sex relationship, a friendship, a family relationship, understanding how you and another person connect or how two people connect is fucking fundamental. So I'm really excited to work on that. You have me sold. I'm like, I need to go home and do some relationship readings for myself. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love love a good relationship reading. It's so meaty. I love it. I'm really excited. I think we're going to learn a lot and explore a lot and hear from other people. That's what's so fun about our workshops. We learn from the people who attend them all the time. So it's a collaborative space and we love you guys weighing in. It's literally so cool. Like it's, it's so cool to be able to work through spreads with you guys like in real time. I just, and in my opinion, like there's nothing more effective. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. There's nothing more effective for learning tarot than being able to do that. So for sure. So yeah, join us tonight. If you're hearing this on Tuesday, May 30th, join us for our relationship reading workshop tonight. If you're on the Kings here of Patreon, it's free. If you would like to sign up, it is just 10 bucks and the link is in our bio. Okay, super. All that being said, the reason that we have gathered here today, did that sound like church for a second? It sounded so much like church. We have gathered here today. Pastor Alyssa. To talk about... The devil's cards. Okay, sorry. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's what we do. (laughs) To talk about the Eight of Cups. How do you feel about this card? I love this card as a concept. I dread this card in my personal life. That's so real. I woke up this morning and I was like, we're doing the Eight of Cups. This must have been one Alyssa picked for this season. And was it? I don't know. Do you, why do you think that this card is like hunky dory? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> for those of you who may not know or need a reminder, we picked cards with darker, deeper, like heavier themes this season. Mm-hmm. And I normally wouldn't, I normally wouldn't put the Eight of Cups into that category. <gasps> so it's just me who dreads the Eight of Cups? No. <laughs> Because it's fun when I'm the person that the Eight of Cups is referring to and I'm moving on to something better. But of course, if someone else is doing that to me and I don't really trust that the option besides me would be the better thing for them, it sucks. So at first glance, no, it's not a bad card. But obviously, when I get into it, 
yeah, it can be painful. Oh, we have different interpretations of this card. Why don't you go ahead and explain what this card means to you? Okay. This card to me means moving on to something better, to put it extremely plainly. So, oh shit, I couldn't find my Rider Waite deck this morning. Mm. Do your guys' decks ever hide from you? Because sometimes I won't find a deck that I'm looking for for like a month, and then it pops up in the most obvious place, and I'm like, okay, I guess you're ready for me to read with you again. That's never once happened to me. Are you serious? I'm so serious. I keep all of my decks in like, well, I keep them all in one bag, except sometimes I'll like read with different ones. So there'll be like one next to my bed, one next to my couch, like whatever. Exactly. But they've never, they've never run away. Oh no, mine run away. It's been a constant thing in my tarot journey. And I take it as like that deck needs a cooling off period. Like I'm not, that's not the deck for me to use right now. I have to branch out. But anyway, so that's happening with my classic Rider weight right now. But it's not a problem because I have my In Focus Tarot book by Stephen Bright and it has a full color picture of the Rider weight card so we can still look at it. Perfect. So anyway, in the Gilded Tarot, however, which is the one that I learned on, all the cups are knocked over except for four of them. So, okay, that all of the cups was dramatic. Half of the cups are standing and half of the cups are knocked over. What? I kind of hate that. No, the I, eight of cups. No, I love it. <laughs> Tell me why. Because that informs what I think the card means. Okay. So the, again, this is the deck I learned on. So my interpretation of this card is you're moving on to something you know is better. You're moving on to glass half full, cup half full, if you will. But you're hurting over what you've lost because you've already put effort and passion and you know, time and energy into it. So obviously, even though you know there's better waiting for you, it's still sad to publicly change your mind. It's still sad to publicly be seen not associating yourself with something that you spent so long building. But it's necessary and you are going to be happier. This is why imagery is everything. Like, I think that you're right. That's why you see the cards so differently than I do. Mm -hmm. Those cups being spilled is, like, very significant. Yeah. Versus I'm looking at the Rider Waite depiction in my book. I don't have the actual deck, but all the cups are still standing. Right. But again, even with that, the figure is still walking away. The figure is still, you know, having the moon look over them. The skies are still blue. They're on this journey because there's, like, mountains and water. So I still get the sense that, like, like, why would you walk away from the eight gold cups if there wasn't something better waiting for you? Why would you have this beautiful landscape and the protection from the divine in the sky if, like, it wasn't a significant journey, but you're still sad over like the premise of what you're leaving behind. Yeah. That's how I take it. I very much dwell on like the eight cups that you're walking away from when I read this card. Okay. And I think that when this card comes up, you're in a place where those eight cups are still your everything. And I see it as you being encouraged to walk away from something that is, uh, like you said, eight 
gold cups upright, there's emotional fulfillment there, there's love there, there's something that you've built, especially with the way that the cups are stacked on each other. You've put time and effort into this. It's something to be proud of. It absolutely is. But at the same time, like especially the way that the cups are arranged. So there's five cups on the bottom in a line. And then three cups stacked on top of those five cups. Mm-hmm. There should be four, though. There should be four cups stacked on top of the five cups if you were going to be like a pyramid. Mm-hmm. But there's one missing. So there's a gap. Mm-hmm. So not only do we know logically because it's the eight, it's not all ten cups. We can see visually in the representation that there's something missing. A void. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So even though you have put all of this love and time and energy into this fulfilling thing that does fulfill you to some level, you know in your soul that it's not everything, that it's Mm -hmm. not your 10 cups, and that you have to walk away to go find that thing that is going to be 10 cups for you, that is going to be your complete and total emotional fulfillment. And so for me, this card is heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Because... Again, like in that traditional Rider-Waite-Smith depiction, the cups aren't knocked over, Mm -hmm. you know? It's not like the five of cups where you see like three cups filled and two cups upright. Mm -hmm. It is eight upright cups. There's this sense that like if you wanted to stay, if you wanted to make this be viable, you could. Mm -hmm. You're the one who has to make the decision to walk away. Mm -hmm. And that is so fucking hard. Mm -hmm. So that's why I hate this card. (laughs) love i mean essentially like i see it with the same outcome right like you're moving on to something that you know is more fulfilling Mm -hmm. um i guess hopefully i'm articulating this in a clear way but i feel like the difference there is (laughs) i would personally never choose to walk away from anything that was still salvageable i'd never have done that in my life ever I don't give up. And this is where, again, like this conversation of how we view loyalty comes up, I think. Uh Because to me, like, no, like, I committed to something. I committed to someone. You don't fucking walk away unless you're forced to. So I feel like on a fundamental level, this card is about that, though. Yeah. It's about making the choice to walk away before you have to. Before you have no other choice. Mm -hmm. That is heartbreaking. Right? Yeah. Right? But I I feel like maybe just. like, no. (laughs) Right. Maybe just because I can't even, like, deal with that idea. Like, that's also why I see it as, like, this is a happy card because I'm the one that ultimately chose it was right to walk away. I don't want there to be any pressure or any part of me lingering because if there is, I stay. I don't walk away. No, and honestly, I i mean, I think in my experiences, too, I have waited for... Eight months? Myself to be... <laughs> Start the sentence over. That's not going in the podcast. Yeah, that is going in the podcast. <laughs> Mel's making fun of me because, as we mentioned last episode, I've been dating someone and the person in question is somebody that I was friends with for a long, long, long time before anything romantic happened and I had feelings for them for a very long time. And since Mel is such a good friend, she has 
just been in my corner, rooting me on, not judging me, holding my hand. Alyssa, you know that that's true. (laughs) I know. You could be sarcastic all you want, but I am always in your corner holding your hand. (laughs) Always. Mel has been my biggest cheerleader, um, judging me only a little (laughs) for waiting as long as I did. But that's... (laughs) Irrelevant. And as long as you've been waiting to date this person, I've met somebody and gotten married in the same time span. Like that's we just do di- thing. You know, it's all right. Like yeah, no, it's so true. It's like, so true. Three months into dating Brit, we signed a lease together. Three months into you liking this person, you were like, "Do I really like them? Are they gonna like me back?" Like it's just <laughs> and I different. Did that for five more after that. <laughs> Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Anywho. I, you know I'm not roasting you, right? No, it's funny. No, but like, I don't actually judge you. I think it's really beautiful. Thank you. I think it's beautiful too. And I support you. Even if, even if you did judge me, I would still think it was beautiful. So I wouldn't <laughs> care. And clearly, I'm really happy. Yeah. And you, clearly you did the right thing because now you are having everything you've been wanting. Mostly. Mostly. I, like, in a perfect world, I'd have more money. Yeah. (laughs) All of us. But we're still working on that one. (laughs) Anywho, what I was going to say was, in the past, I have waited until I've been forced out of situations to walk away from them. Yeah. And even... What? I hate it. Yeah. Even with, like... Things that I knew weren't going to work out. Like, I, when I was in grad school, I had a boyfriend who I, like, I liked, um, but I didn't see myself spending the rest of my life with him in Mm -hmm. any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And I thoroughly just like sabotaged that relationship and waited till he broke up with me Ooh, yeah (laughs) Ooh, because i would not have walked away if it were positive if we were waking up every morning happy and having fun i would not i would never have been like hey i'm not in love with you i'm leaving Mm -hmm. so yeah there's that but to Mel's point, I had something that I wanted to say from 78 Degrees of Wisdom by Rachel Pollock. In this card, we see someone turning his back on a double row of standing cups, which symbolize a situation that not only has provided happiness, but actually continues to do so. In contrast to the five, all the cups remain upright. Nothing has been knocked over. And yet the person knows that the time has come to leave. The imagery suggests one of the true uses of water instinct, Mm. an ability to sense when something has ended before it either dries up or comes crashing down around us to know the time to move on. I love that. And that also makes me think of when it's time to go. Mm. Sometimes giving up is the strong thing. Mm. Surprise song. Maybe. What's that? Time to go. That's what the song's called. I think so, yeah. By Taylor Swift. And I do feel like that 
song gives me very much Eight of Cups vibes. You know what's so funny? I find that song so sad that it's a skip for me. It's not on my Taylor Swift playlist. If I'm listening to the album, it's Evermore bonus track, right? Yeah. If I'm listening to Evermore, like, I skip it, like, because it's too sad to me. I don't like that feeling. <laughs> That's so funny. It's a great song, but I, yeah. ha- I have to be depressed and wanting to, like, cry. Yeah. To, like, listen to it. Because just the concept to me is something I don't like. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is a really sad card. <laughs> and, like, no, like, it is. I just, like, I choose to see it in the upright position in the empowering way of, like, I chose this because I wanted to. I didn't feel forced into the choice. Right. Like, almost the harder feelings that you associate with it is more how I see it in reverse. It's just interesting because even upright, you can't see what the person's walking toward. Yeah. So to put the emphasis on the idea that there's something better is, like, you don't know. You think, you feel with your intuition and in your heart that there's something better, but you don't know. You don't have any physical confirmation of that yet. Shit in my mind is enough. I would have never turned my back if I didn't know. If if I know in my mind and my heart, that's enough. Okay. Well, I'm going to fucking make it happen. That's incredible. <laughs> Intuition queen. No. Yes. No. Absolutely. No. I just like, yeah, I, maybe this week we have to post the Gilded Tarot one because it looks really hopeful to me. It's kind of like, it's like right before sunrise too. And there's this little like... Honestly, I don't know what kind of animal this is. Maybe a platypus. Not sure. But there's this little, like, guy there, like, with him. And he's got a feather in his hat, like Yankee Doodle. Called it macaroni. And he's just... I get happy vibes from this. I love that for you. Symptom of the first deck I learned on. Yeah. It's solidified in my mind like that. so real, though. But, like, okay, does that image look more hopeful than sad to you? Yeah, because it looks like... Even the cups that are still upright, like, are brighter than the ones that have turned over. And, like, Mm. more in focus. My attention goes there instead of the spilled cups. Versus when I read the five of cups, my attention goes to the spilled cups. Mm. Does that make sense? Well, I just feel like in this card, it looks like... Some of the cups are knocked over, it's chaotic, it's messy, like, yes, there's good feelings, but there's bad feelings too, you gotta walk away. It gives me a more complicated feeling about the situation that you're walking away from. Yeah. So I understand walking away a lot more. Mm -hmm. So for reverse, for you. Yeah. Well, how do you see it? Like, I just see it more like you see the upright. Okay. Like, sadder. Okay. I see. Like, maybe, like, you don't want to walk away, but you have to. Uh Uh-huh. I see. And I'll give, like, a concrete example of that. The Eight of Cups comes up reversed for me when I'm reading somebody. It'll be a situation of, like, they're so in love with their partner, but maybe he has a drinking problem. Mm. Or maybe he's cheated on them and not shown that he can stop doing that. Yeah. Right? Like, there's... Your heart's still in it, but there's issues that you're not going to tolerate anymore. Right. That's the reversal for me. Okay. So tell me more about yours. So for me, the Eight of Cups reverse actually like very much takes on the meaning of trying again at something that you've considered walking away from. Ah. Which is kind of similar to what you were saying in the sense of like not wanting to walk away. Right. 
And I do think that Eight of Cups reverse, it can be very neutral in the sense that sometimes it can be trying again for the better because there's something left for you to experience or, or feel fulfilled by, or it can be trying again because you're resisting the inevitable and because you're unwilling to let go. Mm-hmm. And I think that how I read it has a lot to do with where it falls in the spread. You know, if the Eight of Cups reverse comes up as advice, it's like, no, try again. Mm. But if it comes up as the block, it's like you're just trying and trying and trying and it is not beating a dead horse. Working. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, nice. Nice. I like that. I love just that you coming from like your go-to spread that you've set up for yourself, you have advice and block because I think those are so clear yeah. like instructions for how to interpret the card versus mm-hmm. sometimes people think a whole entire reading is all going to be advice. Right. Or sometimes like like when I use the Celtic cross, sometimes the whole thing is talking about a block. Yeah, that's no, that's a good point. So I like that you kind of put that, put designated space in there for advice. Yeah. I really like that. It it works for me. I think that sometimes, you know, the way that I have my, my go-to spread set up, like sometimes the whole thing can be talking about a block. Yeah. Because I start with what's the overall topic and what do I need to know? So if the overall topic is like, the tower. <laughs> right, right. The whole, or like death or something. Like the whole thing is talking about an issue and it can be like elaborating on that. And then the the block position comes up specifically as like what's standing between you and resolving this issue. Yes. Which is so helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, do you have any like client stories, like profound moments with this card? I could probably pull one up. I've synced my – I keep losing my iPad. Okay, guys? I keep losing it's my iPad. because Brittany's always watching Demet. Yeah, it is. And then when I ask her where it is, she goes, I don't know. You're the one that moves stuff. And I'm like, but you're the only one that's been using the iPad. Get real. And then she's like, I don't know where it is. And then I'm fucked for like three days. But anyway <laughs> – um, because, like, I write everything on there, but I've put the app on my phone and synced it via iCloud, so now that if I don't have my iPad, I can at least read what I've written on my phone. I love it. Am I psycho? No, that's great. All right, so I'm gonna try to pull up. I'm gonna see if I have, like, a recent... Like, I, I cannot think of a client story, but I'll look through my own personal journal to see when I've pulled this card. That's fun. Can you? Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say the same thing. Like, I wonder if I've pulled it recently. I can look through my my handwritten <laughs> literal journal. Love. <laughs> for the same thing. Yeah, I, I miss talking about, like, our client stories. I feel like sometimes we get away from that. Well, so, there's, like, just some cards have such standout client stories for me. So true. You got one? Mm-hmm. Oh, let me hear it. Okay, so I think, yeah, I have. I talked about this exact spread that I did for myself in the Four of Pentacles Mm, episode. Okay. And it was from Everyday Magic reposted it on Instagram from a creator. Her name is Kaylee. I'll put her username in the description. But it's called the Blood Sacrifice Spread. Yes. And so it's four cards. It's the source of the hurt, the wound and rot, how to stop the bleeding, and the aftercare. And the Eight of Cups reverse 
came up as the aftercare, <laughs> which I think is so interesting. And I very much associate the Eight of Cups reverse, like I said, with like trying again. Mm-hmm. And so I in, ended up interpreting this whole spread, which we talked about in the Four of Pentacles episode, as kind of my tendency to blow past my feelings and then like basically like dissociate from the way I feel and also like as a result of that the people around me because it's like if I have uncomfy feelings around a person or a relationship like I'll just like walk away from it and be like okay well I just I just won't do that and then I won't feel that way yep which is not a way to build relationships that make you feel loved and supported and like held and seen and so I think the aftercare of a situation where I'm you know feeling uncomfortable or frustrated or having just any number of emotions that I would prefer to not have (laughs) After I force myself to actually process them, which is the hanged man that came up in this reading, Holy this shit. spread as how to stop the bleeding. Oof. The aftercare being, okay, you processed it. Now go, go back. Mm-hmm. Don't walk away. Mm. You know, I really like that because it 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 challenges you to not self sabotage, mm-hmm. which is something you've said you have done like multiple times before so that connection is like powerful i feel yeah and i i think it's a situation where the eight of cups in reverse can be like a really positive right lovely thing yeah and like lovely message which is kind of cool because it's it's an example of a reversal that's not inherently negative which i think a lot of times we do tend to be like it's reversed it has to be bad Mm -hmm. and i i don't see that as a bad thing at all and you know i think especially for me something that i've you know i came out of the womb as this little like (laughs) aquarius idealistic Mm -hmm. like chicken nugget Mm. and i had so much depression my whole fucking life and i just never felt connected like i always just felt disconnected from people i never felt like I was seen or understood or there was like space for me to like feel held and supported by other people. And so something in my adult life that has been really important to my relationships is understanding that it's not always going to feel like somebody sees you completely, like somebody's 100% able to understand you, see where you're coming from, be there for you exactly in the way you need at the exact moment that you need. That's just not a practical thing to expect. And it's something that I expected for so long and that I I really let I really let the disappointment of not having that hurt me. And so to kind of have the message that like eight cups is a lot of love and you're allowed to benefit from that, enjoy that, feel that, let yourself feel that, like that's a pretty cool message to get from the tarot i love hearing that from you because it's that is a lesson i'm trying to learn right now and you know i've been 
mentally struggling with for years, I definitely feel... Okay, so coming from a background of being abused by romantic partners and my own parent, it didn't make my standards like super low. It made my standards super unrealistically high Mm. because instead of being like, okay, I'll continue to accept whatever, it kind of made me like, I can't accept anything negative because it's all alluding to abuse. Yeah. So when I'm in a relationship and let's say I have like, I don't really know what to call it, like a PTSD episode, like a flare up, like whatever, like I did uh, Wednesday night this week. (laughs) Um, And then that partner doesn't. So what's, you know, the fairy tale in my mind? What do I feel I need at that moment? Embarrassingly enough, bluntly enough, it boils down to I want to feel parented. I want to feel the love that my mother should have given me. Uh So I want to be held, coddled, hair stroked, told that I am good and I am worthy and I don't need to kill myself, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. Like I'm just being so blunt, right? Mm -hmm. So if my partner doesn't do that, I'm like, fuck, they don't give a fuck about me. That's so fuck that's so real if they have any if they approach me with anything less than that i'm like oh my god like i'm never gonna be loved well it'll start with this person just can't love me the way i want to be loved somebody else is out there and i have to talk myself down and be like no do not throw away the love you feel right now because nobody out there is going to get it perfect, yeah. quote unquote. There is no such thing as perfect. Exactly. So accepting that you're not going to be loved in that exact fairy tale way, mm-hmm. but you can still be loved completely, fully, and unconditionally gives you distress tolerance, gives you the ability to have a healthy relationship, gives you the ability to not want to kill yourself because you feel worthless like you realize that like your worth is inherent regardless of that person's reaction and that person can love you regardless of their reaction and that's very hard for me if i and we were talking a little bit about this off mic <laughs> before we started recording like shockingly relevant to, to the our situation we were having before we started recording like <laughs> Alyssa and her group of friends is the first actual group of friends i've had really like ever so that's new to navigate for me and if we simply disagree on something even though that's healthy and that's normal for humans to do, my first reaction is, okay, they don't want to be in my life anymore. But why do I have this fairy tale that the people who want to be in my life need to be like carbon copies of me? Yeah. They can be different and love me regardless. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot for me to understand. It's really hard. It's really hard. And I think that like, there's just like a fundamental loneliness that comes with, accepting and experiencing the fact that like nobody is ever gonna understand you as well as you understand yourself like that's a really hard thing to come to terms with and for a long time I was like not willing to (laughs) entertain that fact right (laughs) because I just couple it with the fact that like 
I'm like, okay, well, if that's true, then no one ever is really going to love me. Right. But the truth is that love can still exist there. Mm-hmm. Love still does exist there in every sense. And that was such a big, especially, you know, when I was leaving grad school, I was so, I was so isolated in grad school. I had moved to another state and I was really shutting everyone out. Like my family, certainly my parents and family is, you know, one thing because there's a slew of complicated relationships there and certainly reason for there to be distance between me and my parents, but also like friends, my friends from high school who loved me a lot mm-hmm. were people that I didn't really talk to very much at that time in my life and friends from college. I just was like isolating so hard from all of that. And at the same time, I had friends that I made during grad school that those relationships were never as like loving and open and supportive as anything that I had experienced in my life prior to that point. Right. So I was just super alone and super in like an ego space where I was like, I can't reach out to anyone. I don't want them to know that I'm struggling. I don't want them to know that I'm failing. I don't want Mm -hmm. them to know that I can't do this, that I'm not okay. They can't see me like this. No one can see me like this. No one can ever know. And once I found myself in the psych hospital, I, oh, I'm, I'm, I might cry. <laughs> you should cry. Oh. It's good. It's good to process. <laughs> Alyssa never cries. I know. I've been doing it more lately. You're welcome. Yay. <laughs> but this is something that like. Obviously, I'm not happy that she's sad. <laughs> I just. um. No, it's doing damage control right now. <laughs> no, I, I think this is a good cry. I do. No, it is. And this is something that I've recognized for myself, but never really said to like the people in my life. But when I went off the grid <laughs> for like a day and a half or two days before I surfaced in the psych hospital for a long time, like for the first night and morning, I wasn't, I was refusing to tell them my name or give them, like, or they knew my name because they found my ID, but I was refusing to give them, like, a phone number to call, and I was saying, like, don't call my parents, don't call my parents, and when you say that, in a situation where you're also in psychosis, people are like, obviously, this person is unsafe, and I will not call her parents, but that was not the case, I was just terrified, Mm -hmm. um, and so, anywho, like, once they finally... So there were, like, two maybe days where, like, no one knew where I was. And once they finally, like, called my sister, because I gave them that number, I found out that one of my best friends from high school and another of my best friends from high school, who aren't really, like, friends with each other, had been messaging each other because they were both separately (laughs) worried about me. Aww. (laughs) Yeah, because people fucking care about you so much. Yeah, but I didn't, like think that at the time at all and they like you know I was like talking on the phone at the little like fucking payphone stations that we were allowed to use in the psych <laughs> hospital um, with them and they were both just like talking about how they hadn't heard from me and were so worried and were like messaging each other and like reached out to my family and like <laughs> that realization that everybody was so worried and concerned and like actually thinking about me was like, whoa. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. It really is. Um, 
And I think that a big part of recovering from that was like, because again, the fact that those people loved me, like I would be like irrelevant. They don't even know me. Like that's how I felt for my whole life. Like it doesn't Mm. matter if people think that they love me. They don't know me. Nobody Mm. knows me. But yeah. And so to like start to heal from all of that and be like, it doesn't matter if I don't feel 100% seen all the time. Like I'm allowed to feel the love that people do have to give to me, Mm. like has only built more of that Mm -hmm. in my life. I love that so much. We all need to hear that. We all need to know that. I think that's like that cold, hard proof and validation that so many of us need. Yeah. It's really hard. It's really hard to, like, let that in. Especially for me. Yeah. (laughs) I love you for sharing that. Thank you. I think this is so exciting. This is one of the only episodes that made Alyssa cry. The people are going to love it. (laughs) The people better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. I'm so proud of you for feeling your emotions. Thank you. I really am. I'm trying. You're doing so good. Do you have an eight of cups that you came up with? I did. <laughs> I'm like, let's change the subject. <laughs> we can. We can take we can take the spotlight off of you for a second. I found a reading I did for myself that included the eight of cups that I'd like to share. So I did this reading on June 15th of last year, 2022. And for context, this was right after I did my first in-person market as a tarot reader. So this is the time in my life where I was still thinking the only way to survive would be to suffer through a full-time, like, regular, regular job, Um, no matter how much anxiety and panic and strife it gave me. I was still very confused about calling myself a tarot reader and feeling good enough to do that. Like, I was Mel of Wands at this point, but I was also trying to be, like, like sell vintage clothes and, like, do the Depop thing, and I brought that to that market, and I was, like, making a lot of spells for sale and herb blends for sale, which I still do a little bit, but I definitely, I realized that my passion wasn't with, you know, being, like, a a vintage pop-up or, or anything like that. And I and even, like, making products for sale is not where my passion is either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love when I do the in-person markets and I get the chance to, like, share that magic with people, but I don't want to be an online retailer. Like, I want to be a fucking reader mm-hmm. and a mentor, and that's what I've now pursued a year later, and I'm really proud of myself for that. So we know, we know that that's the outcome, right? But at the time of this reading... I didn't know what the fuck I was supposed to do. And in a sense, it was a big shift because I gave readings in public and professionally at a big name event that had a lot of social media buzz around it in a big city. And like, that was a big deal to me. But at the same time, I was like, but this isn't a job. Like, this is a silly little hobby. And like, I need to like, it doesn't matter how passionate I am about this. I need to like, you know, that was that happened on a Friday and I need to decompress and like go to work on Monday. You know, I I was not I didn't understand that I could truly integrate tarot into being my job Mm. at this point. So the reading was a spread simply for what to do. 
<laughs> and I wrote the note of specifically looking for guidance to aid in speeding along like my finances because I was also so flat broke at this time. And I guess I had just done a new money spell, whatever moon cycle this fell in. There's a note to check my spell journal and like cross-reference the spell that I was doing at the time. And the reading was like more information for that. So the first position in the spread was what should I do? And the second position was why should I do this? The first card was death and the second card was eight of cups. Ooh. Right? So this is basically how I interpreted it. I said, I should embrace the shift I'm feeling now. Go full force into my passions, laying past ideas and obstacles for what my business should look like to rest. I should charge ahead to victory. And then for eight of, that was for the death card in the position of what should I do? And then for eight of cups in the position of why should I do this? I wrote, because my entire definition of success has changed since doing the market, but I have yet to make my daily perspectives match in the sense that I prioritize my regular job daily. But in my heart of hearts and in my gut, I prioritized reading tarot. I have already walked in this new direction without fully acknowledging it. So the idea that the the figure in the Eight of Cups has started the journey, but he's not accepting of what's ahead because he's still thinking of the cups behind him. I love that, like, piece of interpretation. I love that. Yeah, that was huge for me. And that's why I need to do work around embracing and claiming this professional endeavor. This came up in recent shadow work while I was journaling about things I'm undecided on. The only thing was how full force I want to go into Mel of Wands. Now I have my answer all the way. At this point, I still liked the job I was working. So I I wrote, I love blank blank where I was working (laughs) and choose to work here. That doesn't mean it will always be my main source of income or joy or identity or that it needs to be. And look at me a year later. It's not any of those things anymore. Yes. So that was a pretty cool reading, including the Eight of Cups for me. That ended up being really significant in my life. That's like so telling and so like, I love the combination of death and the Eight of Cups. Yes. And death being the like what and then Eight of Cups being the reason because it's so reassuring. It's like there is a new beginning. There is like that is telling me that I am walking towards something. Yeah. Versus the Eight of Cups might just be that initial dejection. Right. But, like, no, you're walking away because you know that it's not everything. Yeah. For you. Yeah. And you can do better. Yeah. That's that's a sleigh. I love that. Like, that was one year ago. And I took that advice and I leaned into it. And now, like, my tarot business is my main source of income. Yeah. I have two other jobs. One, I work eight hours a week and one, I work 10 to 18 hours a week. Yeah. That's like nothing. Like, yeah. like I genuinely consider and feel comfortable saying that Mel of Wands and Arcane Dames is my full-time job. Yeah. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, when you're reading for yourself, write that shit down because you get to go back and reflect on it. Yeah, that's so good. I like... Yeah, I was jealous that you were like, 
Yeah, and then I made a note to reference my other notes about the, like, spell that I did. And I'm like, wow, it would be cool to be that organized (laughs) with the work that I do. Because how cool is it to be able to connect those dots and and really, like, see how everything has played out for you? Get an iPad. I wouldn't be able to do it without the iPad. My laptop doesn't even work. You're so right. No, before I transitioned my entire book of shadows onto an iPad, no organization, no nothing, no fucking nothing. I was hoping to find some of my old books when I went this past weekend. Okay, so my mom sold our childhood home. Crazy. It will not be part of my family anymore. I will never set foot in there again. I went to see it for the very last time this last weekend. And I was really hoping like in the corner, my bedroom there had a closet with the attic door in it. So I was hoping like, ooh, I hope 13 year old me who was so scared of like being out of the broom closet just like shoved it into like a corner of the attic and that my mom found it and now I can read it, but there wasn't anything. Mm -hmm. I probably ripped it all up and threw it away because I was scared to keep a record yeah because at that time i would have gotten in trouble for being a witch so i didn't have any older books but the point is putting it all on the ipad saved my life because literally so i use this app notability right so what i was just reading from is a sub folder in my grander folder of book of shadows that's tarot and oracle journal but it's telling me to go reference spells and results journal so if i open that folder i can just scroll to the same day and read the spell i was doing and then in conjunction with that reading i recorded determine if it was successful or not that's cool and now like that's how i just how i function now so i can actually keep a record of like what's working and what isn't yeah or like you know like especially because i came from we talk about this a lot you entered the metaphysical world being attracted to very like i don't want to say like hippy dippy but like the more like spiritual mental like the stars and the cosmos and i got interested in in it from like the candles the rituals the symbols the altars like that side of it so starting like that and and being informed like that you're taught to buy all these tools and all these herbs and all these you know crystals for example and now i fully believe you should only use things like that that you have a personal connection with right but at the time as a teenager i thought like it was just this standard that every practicing witch needed to like use rosemary and whatever the fuck right but now that i have this journal going back several years i could be like you know what? That spell didn't work. I probably didn't really have a good relationship with that herb. Right. That plant didn't speak to me. What does? Is it something I can go out in my personal neighborhood and forage instead of like literally buying from like Amazon and having no connection to and hurting the planet in the process, which is the antithesis of what I'm trying to do in being a witch yeah so it, it taught me so much yes, to have no. the journals yeah that's so good it's made me a stronger practitioner mm. yeah it's fun i love it you're such a cool witch you Ew. should talk about witchcraft more should i yeah i don't know if the people care i think they do i mean more so than that i care you, <laughs> I you do really cool yeah i 
I don't think I knew that you cared. What? I think I thought that you thought that I just, like, had, was holding on to these silly little, like, woo-woo things. Okay, that's so crazy. So Mel and I had this conversation the other day off of the pod. We did. Um, <laughs> because, like, I thought that I was too trigger warning woo-woo for her. And no. I try and, like, tone it down with no. her. And she feels the same way. <laughs> like, she feels like she's too trigger warning woo-woo. And she tries to tone it down. It's just so <laughs> crazy. And I get it from both perspectives. Because, like, obviously some of the stuff you believe is so, like, just out there and you're choosing to believe it because it, yeah, exactly. it feels good. But I feel like that's become the socially accepted version of spirituality like you can meet like okay my day job at the community center my co-worker that I've never really talked to before she works in a different department was just saying to me this week I crossed this door in our office building and I had really bad energy like I think I need to bring my sage up in here I think I need to bring my palo santo up in here like something needs to be cleansed I energetically feel off that, I feel, has become very accepted. Yeah. The vibes, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're accepted. To where a coworker in my office felt comfortable saying that to me, even though she has no idea that I believe in all that. Right. If I walked up to somebody and said, last night I spit onto a candle, rubbed it in, wrapped a strand of hair around it, and then lit it on fire with a certain intention in mind, they would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So I feel like I do still need to tone that down and hide it because I feel like that's significantly weirder than the first thing I described. So (laughs) I I see it like that. I see where you're coming from. I can see your point (laughs) to that. But I just feel like I see like rooted in paganism, witchcraft that you are so experienced in and knowledgeable about as so much more grounded and real Interesting. than, like, than my, like, dreams that I'm always having. And, like, I, like, wake up from my dreams and I'm like, I definitely talked to a spirit guide last night. Like, no, I think I'm just insane. You're not! <laughs> like, I think I'm just crazy no. versus, like, you're, like, sitting there doing rituals that feel good to you and then having like real outcomes that you can see with your eyes like that's so grounded and real versus me being like I talked to a blue man in my dream last night and I think he's my spirit guide (laughs) oh fuck me that's funny like I really I really do get it girl I get it But at the same time, I see what you're doing as grounded and connected to your mental state and, like, who you are as a person. So, like, okay, like, I may be using more physical items and that are connected to the earth, for example. But you – but at the end of the day, like – who decided that candles were meaningful and that certain colors of candles were meaningful versus your authority is your own mental health. And in that sense, feelings are facts. Your authority exists because you decided it exists. The authority of my spirituality exists because I read it in a book once when I was 13 and I can't shake it. Like that's, (laughs) I'm 
I'm right. shy about that. Does that make sense? It does, but I feel like in that sense, you're leading your own show too. And I've I've learned that and I've really started to obviously shift that way, right? Like, I mean, I used to call myself Wiccan and I don't align with that at all anymore. Like, I'm not sitting here, like, reading from Crowley's teachings. Like, I'm more than anything... God bless. <laughs> more than anything reading from my own teachings right. and experiences. And then now, even, like, in my career teaching that to others Mm -hmm. based on like my personal first account of evidence yeah and tailoring it to their mental health as and and mental state and ideas and beliefs as well yeah so it's a journey i think having both is like the sweet spot yeah (laughs) and i and i will say i think on some level i value the fact that we both are hesitant to be like full steam ahead full steam ahead woo woo yeah full steam ahead on the crazy train but also we are like both so grounded i think that we should vow to be more open about our woo woo-ness on the podcast from here forward Season three of Arcane Dames, Balls to the Wall, Woo Woo. Balls to the Wall, Woo Woo. Oh my god, that's such a, no, that's actually such a good theme. That's we our should, theme. We could do, like, the magician, the high priestess. Yeah. Oh, I'm so down. I'm so down! I'm so excited. All right, catch us planning season three. Oh my gosh, season three is gonna be insane. Wait, I love it. I love it. Me too. It's a really good idea. <sighs> Amazing. Incredible. And honestly, like, what a journey that focusing on the darker side of tarot brought us to that, right? The fun and the light. That's that's so real. Yeah. That's how how life is. It's what we deserve. Now that we plan season three, let's talk about the imagery (laughs) in the Eight of Cups. All right. So I feel like I already shared my two big ones, which was you know, the regular Rider Waite and also the Gilded Tarot. So do you want to give us one of your spicy ones? Spicy? Spicy, exciting, sad. Okay. Scary. (laughs) Um, Sad, beautiful, tragic. Sad, beautiful, tragic. So I will say something I'm noticing is that the Eight of Cups in the Wild Unknown Tarot, which is one of my faves, shows like broken and kicked over cups so I think that I was a little harsh in roasting (laughs) not that I like roasted it necessarily but just in saying like it's so different from how I usually conceptualize the eight of cups yeah Um, but like one of mine has that that very similar theme as well um, and it's a super dark card, which is in contrast to the Rider Waite Smith depiction. It has this like really big looming mountain, but all the cups are broken. It's almost like being forced to move on into something that's really scary mm-hmm. because you have no other choice versus the traditional interpretation of the card, which is like making the choice to walk away even though it is still viable. So that's like a much darker take on the Eight of Cups. I love that. Honestly, like looking at that card just even further solidifies how much I want the deck. I'm like, it's kind of goth. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a good deck. And like, 
I don't know, I'm sad. This is the deck that I had a dream about and was like, right. it's gonna, <laughs> speaking of my, my crazy dreams, like I literally had a dream about this deck that was like, it is gonna work so well with your intuition and it does. So that's a fun one. You know, I have, I have the, my Crystal Visions Tarot, which depicts this pond that is depicted in pretty much all of the Cups cards. It's like the same setting but different like things are happening at it which I mentioned before it's, it's something I really like about this deck and so in this situation it's like the cups pond and there's a woman wearing like a flowy long purple dress with like flowy sleeves and she has like long blonde curly hair that's like pinned up with a flower behind her like it's super mm. beautiful dreamy and pretty which is definitely the vibe that you get from all of the cups cards in this deck and she's kind of walking up out of the water like it looks like she was just in the pond and now she's like walking out mm. um on this path and the cups in this card are actually spilled as well and so it very much gives like a feels like you're like walking away from something messy but you're kind of unscathed so like you're dainty you're classy uh-huh like you're like uh you're unfuckwithable yeah like you're like just unscathed walking out of this mess of emotions towards something better so i i like the vibe that that gives as well also the this blonde woman in the eight of cups she looks just like the woman that's depicted in the six of cups in this deck nice and the six of cups in this deck shows like an older woman holding a young woman who has like the same color hair so it very much to me feels like it could be like either her child or a younger version of herself that she's like guiding kind of yeah um and so it feels like the same woman here who like has that knowledge and experience it's kind of like a callback to that for me go listen to that episode if you haven't yet <laughs> yeah oh i do love the six of cups episode it's a good one that's a great card i have the taylor swift tarot which i quotes my favorite song um, with my least favorite card. <laughs> Alyssa's pissed. <laughs> I'm not pissed. I just, I don't really f- see the connection as much. I see it so well. Okay, really? so Eight of Cups, everything we just talked about. Take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die. I don't belong. My beloved, neither do you. So everything we were okay. talking about, about like how it alludes to not feeling like you're understood not feeling like mm. you're seen but does that mean you walk away or does that mean you salvage it Interesting. and like take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die is very defeated is very dejected instead of walking away in an empowered way it's walking away feeling boohoo too bad so sad well i was gonna say like it's it's a very escapist song, song to me and i think like a full blast i mentioned weeks ago mel and her fiance brit asked me like what my favorite taylor swift songs were and i said that the lakes was one of my favorites and they roasted the shit out of me for saying that (laughs) they were like the lakes is pretentious it gives me the ick i can't listen to it Sorry! It's the the truth. There's no lies here. This is exactly what happened. And my feelings were hurt. (laughs) I took some time to really think about why I like the lakes so much. Because the thing is, they're not wrong. The lakes does give you the ick. It's super pretentious. I really enjoy that about it. Yeah. I think that the... 
the prose is just so overdone. It's so overdone in a way that's so self-indulgent. And I really enjoy that about the song. I think it makes it fun to listen to. And it's, I like using the word escapist to talk about the song because I think that the content of the song is escapist in the sense of, you know, take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die. I don't belong. It's saying, I'm just going to walk away. I want to watch Wisteria grow over my bare feet because I haven't moved in years. Like, that is Taylor Swift dreaming about escaping her life in a way that she's never going to. Mm -hmm. She is never going to stay in one place for long enough for Wisteria to grow over her feet. She is never, ever going to leave. No, but, like, I understand you so well. (laughs) Thank you. And disclaimer, because Alyssa (laughs) is telling half the story, I came back to Alyssa and I said, you know what? I re-listened to The Lakes for you, and I actually like it a lot more than I was letting on. After I spent the next morning writing a literal essay of a text message to Mel and Britt defending The Lakes. And you sold me on it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. It's a great song. But I I think that the content for that reason is escapist. And I think that the way that it's written, the prose, the lyrics are escapist as well in the sense that they're so overdone. They're so dreamy. They're so like, like literary in a way that A, most of her music isn't. B, most people can't really relate to. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that like piece of it that isn't, it's not grounded. It's not practical like I think for that reason it's written in a very escapist way as well mm-hmm. and I, I I do I think that that's why I have beef with it as the eight of cups because I don't see the eight of cups as an escapist card I see mm. the eight of cups as a very it's making a very difficult yes but practical decision to go search some for something that's going to be even more fulfilling than what you have mm-hmm. and I don't see that as escapist yeah understood what is a dreamy type of card that you would associate more with the lakes? That's a fun question. Give me a second. Nine of cups, two mm. of cups. Ooh. Like, especially the two of cups being, I mean, like, obviously there are so many Taylor Swift songs that are good for the two of cups, but the two of cups feeling very much like a like a honeymoon phase bubble. Mm-hmm. I think the lakes really gets at that idea of, like, in another world, in another life, this could be our life. Mm. Um, but also, if you're kind of honing in on the part of the lakes that is sad in the sense that it's like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too much. Maybe even like the six of swords in the sense that you're persisting, but there's baggage. There's a heaviness. The six of there. swords is a really good answer. It's probably what I would say. Yeah. Come here, little Eclipse. Sorry if you heard me in the microphone while Alyssa was talking. (laughs) Dude, I fucking love the lakes. It's a good one. I hope that this episode inspires you all to go listen to the lakes. I'm not even kidding because it really is like such a good song. Watch that be like our surprise song on Sunday. I will 
piss myself. I know. No, she hasn't done it yet. And I'm like, like, I want her to so bad, but I'm also trying to not get my hopes up, which maybe I should just let myself get my hopes up because manifestation. But like, I would absolutely lose my, I would go bonkers. So (laughs) pride tarot. What card does that background remind you of? The fool. Really? What does it remind you of? The tower. The dark mountain and the angry moon. Look at his little butt cheeks. I know. They're so... I know. But okay, so... No, it's fine. (laughs) So Pride Tarot, Eight of Cups, like, it's basically the traditional Rider Waite depiction, but... The skies are so pissed. Like, it looks like there is, it it looks like it's thundering. It looks like there's about to be lightning. So I get the tower from that. I brought the guidebook to read from. It is illustrated by Neidman. Needman, not sure. The Eight of Cups card shows a man striding up the stairs. With his fists clenched, he appears resolute. Below him on the ground stand eight cups. On the left, the sky is dark and cloudy, and the moon is watching from behind the clouds. The man is walking away from that gloom. From the upper right corner, the rays of light are brightening the sky. This card suggests that your life experience can be influenced by a particular moment. What is driving the man away? It may be defeat or disappointment. He has found the cups, but they turned out to not be what he wanted. Or on the contrary, the man may be feeling not disappointment, but determination. Perhaps in finding the cups, he discovered that the goal was not right for him. He reconsidered his priorities and values and became inspired to start on a new path. I prefer this empowering interpretation of the Eight of Cups. And that aligns with the passage I shared from my journal earlier. Yeah. Like, that's that's what it was for me. Like, my priorities and values got reconsidered, and that inspired me to walk the new path. Yeah. So that's, like, the positive like, – like, positive recovering from, like, the tower vibes. He's walking towards the sunlight and the hope. Yeah. I You know, I think more so than the background, the – character himself reminds me of the fool yes yes he is so like and like his like little boots and like i don't know even like this like weird star thing yeah and like his hands are literally swinging like that he's power walking but instead of in the fool when he's like about to step off a cliff so presumably like fall whether it's a lot or a little we don't know like he's trekking upstairs in this so it's kind of like the fool's like already in his journey and he and there's a new beginning but it's also a newfound determination yes yeah so that's a fun one it adds a little bit more to my argument of the card being kind of positive yeah (laughs) Um, which is another card that's probably like affected that opinion yeah because i've had that deck for a while now Then I have Eight of Cups from the Golden Age of Horror tarot deck by Bobby's Tarot Decks on Etsy. And this, to me, is very much representative of the lingering, questioning if you should walk away or not, being pulled back into it. Mm. Because it's like, you know, your beautiful blonde bombshell woman and I, she's done up and, like, in the foreground and walking away. So it's almost that feeling at the end of a horror movie when it's a happy ending. And then they jump scare you right before the credits. Um, <laughs> this, like, swamp monster is coming out of a fountain. And, like, his face is still, like, 
dissolving in the water, but his hand is still solid and able to grab her by the throat. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she has this, she's walking away. She was going to be fine. She killed this guy in the water or whatever, but his hand is still around her throat. Right. So, and that, to me, represents the... The feeling of being torn in the Eight of Cups. The feeling of seeing benefits in both places. Mm -hmm. So that's a cool one, too. And then finally, we have the Eight of Cups or the Eight of Ghosts from the Halloween Tarot. And it is pretty much rider weight, except for the fact that there's no physical cups. It is just ghosts. And these ghosties are so sad and, like, they're sad for themselves and they're worried about the guy walking away. Like, they're feeling rejected that he left. And then there's also some of them that are looking at him like, do you really want to do this? And that's the expression on the face of the moon as well. The moon is like, I don't know if he's making the right choice. And instead of the ghosts being in the foreground, like the cups are in the rider weight, they're starting to follow him on his journey. Oh. So it's really lingering. Like he's not trudging upstairs. He's trudging up a mountain and there's two ghosts on the mountain like waiting for him one of the ghosts is in a body of water like what the fuck and then there's just five of them in the foreground being sad so this reminds me so much of robert place's interpretation of this card okay tarot history symbolism and divination which was quite different from really what we've been talking about this entire time so (laughs) i'm gonna (laughs) talk about that for a second so he says It is night and there is a full moon drawn in a medieval style looking out over the landscape by the water. The night is a time of rest. A man walks away. He has a walking stick which suggests that he is on a long journey. In the foreground, eight cups are neatly stacked. These represent past accomplishments and emotional complexes stored in the psyche. There is a space where a ninth cup cup can be placed. And this Mm. space allows us a view of the man. The man has put his past in order and letting bygones be bygones. He continues on his way. Perhaps the experiences of this journey will supply the ninth cup. So Mm. that interpretation does not give us as much walking away from the eight cups as it does. You've sorted out your past and you're going to keep adding to it you're gonna keep building on it that's unique super unique cool which i feel like is like similar to that feeling of the ghost following you like maybe the eight of cups doesn't always have to mean that you're walking away from something completely maybe it just means that you're seeking something to add to Mm -hmm. what you already have or walking away from it temporarily yeah that's true and it also doesn't mean that you're gonna lose those people forever right they're they're following him yeah that's so true. Love it. <laughs> All right. So that was it for me. Incredible. Um, I think this was a great episode. Me too. We laughed. We cried. We did. And we talked about Taylor Swift. So. That's really what we set out to do on this <laughs> on this show. That is what the Arcane Dames is all about. I hope y'all are having a wonderful spring. I hope you're enjoying. I hope wherever you are, whatever you're doing, the weather is getting lovely for you. Or like if you're in Australia, the weather is probably getting yucky for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we have any listeners in Australia. We should. Please let us know if you're listening from Australia. That would be lit. And if you're in Sweden, the sun, like, doesn't set all night 
at this time of year. Oh my gosh. I think. If you're in Sweden, I hope you're getting enough rest. (laughs) (laughs) But keep your eyes and and ears peeled. Keep your eels peeled. I tried to make fun of you and I stuttered too. (laughs) (laughs) Keep a lookout for a really big announcement we have coming this week. Some exciting shit. coming up if not already by the time this episode comes out but i'm very very certain that it won't be okay but it but it should be this week incredible exciting stuff from us exciting stuff and also exciting stuff that's just the fucking beginning seriously we love you guys so much be sure that you're subscribed to the newsletter that you're following us that you're able to keep up with all of our information as always, you're welcome to join our Patreon, get in on those ad-free episodes, get in on the Discord where we are just having so many enriching conversations every single day with all of you who are already in there. Um, and we would be thrilled to welcome even more of you. So thank you for your support and we love you so much. And... See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.